And uh, let's take our Bibles tonight. Acts chapter 10 is where we're going to start at. Acts chapter 10. And uh, I want to preach a message tonight to um, uh, kind of prepare our hearts for some things that we're going to experience this week as far as um, uh, the young people and, and going to camp and as far as uh, going to the fair and uh, doing those types of things. And, uh, um, you know, if you think about it, uh, you know, what's, I was talking to Brother Hall after the, the, the service today. We went out to lunch and was speaking with him and, and uh, we were talking about uh, um, you know, just uh, churches and this kind of the state of churches in the in the world and in the country. And uh, one of the comments that we were talking about, uh, he said that he heard uh, Dr. Lee Robertson. If you've never heard of Dr. Lee Robertson, he's a famous evangelist from yesteryear. In fact, he before he was an evangelist, he was a pastor. He pastored there at Tennessee Temple, uh, there in uh, or the Highland Park Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. The founder of Tennessee Temple University and a giant of the faith uh, a few decades ago. And in fact, I had the privilege of hearing Dr. Robertson when I was a teenager. He came to our church. I got to meet him and, and speak with him just a few minutes. But anyway, uh, Dr. Robertson, uh, people would ask him, you know, uh, Dr. Robertson, what is, you know, what's the direction of your church? Uh, why are you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? And here's what he said. He said, the everything we do here at Highland Park Baptist Church, everything we're involved in, everything that we do, everything that, every ministry, every opportunity, uh, the root reason behind it is to keep souls out of hell. Amen. And uh, you know what? That's a good motivation for us as Christians. And I'll just say this. We'll never uh, be able to have that attitude uh, if we don't have what we're going to talk about tonight. And that is the subject of compassion. Compassion. And I've preached about this before, uh, but it's something that I think it's important that we hear again. And so uh, let's look at our verse here. Acts chapter 10, if you find your place, stand with me together. And we're going to begin in verse 34. And uh, notice here, of course, uh, I, I love how this verse starts out, verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth. Now, if we just stop there, all right, you'd be like, uh-oh, what's the way? This could go any direction, amen? But praise the Lord, by this time, Peter's got it figured out, amen? Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of the truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he hath feareth him, and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, I love this, He is Lord of all, the word I say ye know, which was published throughout all Judea, and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. And look at verse 38, man, I love this verse. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with Him. And notice again what it says about Christ, who went about doing good. A man who went about doing good. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you for the opportunity to be here. God, I pray that you would speak to us through the message. God, I pray you prepare our hearts uh, for the week ahead, God, and just help us as Christians to have the right mindset when it comes to why we're here and what we're doing here, Lord. And God, again, we pray for your blessing upon this week, Lord. We pray for the young people that be going to camp. And Lord, I pray that you'd help them, Lord. Speak to them this week through the preaching of your word, God. And I pray you'd be with those uh, working at the fair this week. And God, God, as we do our part to uh, go out and have compassion as you did and do what the Bible says, you went about doing good. And I pray, God, that you would uh, help us to have that heartbeat this week. We love you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. 
I believe every Christian ought to strive to have that kind of testimony in our lives that we go about doing good. Amen? Go about doing good. And uh, you see, folks, God wants for us in this world, the Bible says it in Jude, verse 22, and if some have compassion, making a difference. Let me tell you what God's looking for when He's looking for His children. He's looking for His children to make a difference in this dark world. And by the way, let me just say this, you'll never make a, a, a difference without that word, compassion compassion. And uh, you know, God wants for us as His people to have that uh, that uh, biblical character trait of compassion. That word compassion, think about, by the way, what word is in the word compassion? That's the word compass. By the way, you know what that, we know what that word means. It means to make a circuit. It means to walk about, to consider uh, 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 from every angle. Uh, you know what? It, uh, if we went out and we uh, walked this property, we could walk this property uh, uh, by foot and we could circle the building. And if we walked around the property, uh, you know what we'd see? We would get a view of this building. We would know what this building's about because we took the time to walk around it and view it and look at it. Amen? And you know what? That's what he's saying here. He's saying this. Uh, you know, in order to have compassion, you got to compass something. you got to be there. you got to look at it. you got to have hands-on is what he's saying. Amen? And by the way, you know what you find out a lot of times when Jesus was in the multitudes? In the multitudes is where he had compassion because he was there. He saw. Amen? He saw the need. And you know what's important for us as Christians? If we're going to make a difference, if we want God to use us to impact people, you will not make a difference without this word compassion. Amen? Uh, You must uh, constantly be on guard to check your compassion fuel tank. Check your compassion fuel, uh, uh, fuel tank. The Bible tells us that God is full of compassion. Listen to these verses. Psalms 86 verse 15. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. Let me tell you, we better be glad that verse is in the Bible right there. In fact, that's so good. Let me read it again. But thou, Lord, art a God full. Amen. Listen, hey, God is full of these things. Compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. By the way, that's why God don't squish us like a bug every time we do something stupid. By the way, we deserve it. Amen. Let's be honest. We deserve it. We deserve God to drop His booming hand of judgment on us for our, our sin and our bad choices. But hey, aren't you glad He's full of those things? Hey, the Bible doesn't say He's full of wrath. Although, you know what? One of these days, the Bible does says that, that that cup is going to be poured out. But you know what? God chooses to interact with us with being full of compassion, grace, long-suffering, mercy, and truth. Man, that's powerful. Psalms 112, verse 4, Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteousness. Psalms 145, verse 8, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. So you know what that tells us? That God is full of those things. Now unfortunately, guess what? We're not God. And our problem is we may have some of that stuff from time to time, but uh, a lot of times that we don't stay full of that kind of stuff. You know what I found out as a Christian, as, as living in this flesh? We're leaky vessels, amen? It's almost like we can reach a certain point, but it's hard to stay there, right? I mean, we feel the pull of the world. We feel the pull of the flesh. I mean, we got everything pulling against us. And I'm going to tell you, it takes hard work to stay full of the things God wants us to be full of. 
That's why it's a command to be filled with the Spirit. And let me just interject this in there just to kind of clarify. Listen, the Holy Spirit, like I like saying, He's not a liquid. He's not a a gas. He's not a substance, All right, Being filled with the Spirit simply means that we yield control of our lives to Him. It's a constant process we must go through. And and, and the flesh works against us. The world works against us. Saints there to work against us. Amen? And so as Christians, if we're going to make a difference, we know we have to have compassion, but we must keep our compassion fuel tank full. Now, how do we do that? Amen? I mean, how do we keep our compassion tank full? Well, the Bible tells us how to. You know what? First and foremost, I believe we ought to pray for it. Amen? Pray for it. Listen, when we're out at the fair, and I pray this before I go out soul winning, Lord, help me to see people the way you see people, Lord. Help me to have boldness to talk to people, God. Help me to have compassion. I pray that prayer. Amen? Before I knock on the door, I say those words and pray that prayer. Because let me tell you something, folks. It's easy to get jaded with your view of people. It's easy. Amen? Because you know what, truth be told, sin does make a mess of people. Right? Sure it does. And if we're not careful, we start having a pharisaical attitude, and we start looking at the outward, and we don't understand that, you know what, underneath all that maybe rough exterior per se, is a soul that God loves, a soul that Jesus Christ died for, and a soul that God wants for us to have compassion on. Amen? And you know what, we must pray for that. And you know what, prayer will increase your compassion. Prayer, uh, that, that's why it's important that we pray regularly for the needs of others. And we need to intercede uh, for those going through difficult times so that we can have compassion for them. And again, I'm not just talking about compassion on the lost. We need to have compassion on all people, especially our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and things that they're facing, things that they're going through. By the way, you may not have a reference point to something somebody's going through. Maybe you've never faced that particular trial. Maybe you've never had to traverse that dark valley. But you know what you can do? You can pray that God would help them, and by praying for them, God can give you compassion for them. So prayer will help you increase your compassion. Not only that, and we don't like to hear this, folks, but it's true. Personal trials can increase our compassion. If God has asked you to bear a burden or endure a trial, you know why God has done that a lot of times? So you can have a higher level of compassion toward those who are facing similar things. You know what you're going to find out in life is that God, a lot of times, will, uh, before He can use us, He has to break us. And we don't like preaching like that. We don't like verses like that. Because you know what? We want our life to be good. We want our life to be comfortable. And by the way, I... I mean, I'm not asking for a trial. I'm not praying God will have to, uh, you know, break me down in certain areas of my life. But truth be told, folks, here's what the Bible says. Listen to this verse here, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, listen to this, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. You know what's amazing about a trial, what's amazing about a dark valley, is that as a Christian, if you have the right attitude about it, you'll come out better on the other end. Because you know what? Sometimes it's only through that valley, only through that trial, that you can experience God in a way that you've never experienced Him before. And you know what, folks? The Bible says that when we go through that, when we're facing tribulation, that God will comfort us through that. 
By the way, uh, of course, you know this, but the Holy Spirit, the first mention uh, or, or the mention that Jesus gives us of the Holy Spirit when He talks to the disciples about the fact that He's going to come and live in them, okay? Uh, understand in the Old Testament days, the Holy Spirit, uh, they, the, the, the Old Testament saints didn't have the Holy Spirit the way we as the New Testament saints do, amen? The Holy Spirit came and went upon them. But because of the cross and because of what Jesus did, now that we're saved and we're under grace and we're, we're past the cross, we're living in the church age, hey, we get the Holy Holy Spirit to live inside of us. Amen? What a wonderful, powerful thing. And uh, But when Jesus introduced the fact that the Holy Spirit was going to come, you know, how, you know what the first thing He called Him? Look it up. And the, uh, the, It's a capital. It's a title. Amen? You know what He's called? The Comforter. Now, why do you think Jesus called Him that? Because Jesus knew what was coming for His disciples, for the early church, and, and truth be told, for anybody that lives godly in Christ Jesus. Because the Bible says that if you do that, you will face persecution. Amen? And um, uh, so the Holy Spirit is the, is the one that brings that comfort, and God, through His Spirit, will comfort us. But why does He do that, folks? He does that so that we, in turn, can comfort others. Amen? Remember, why did God put us here? It's about what I just said. It's about trying to uh, uh, keep people out of hell as Christians. I mean, that's why God has saved us, so that we then in turn can go out and get the gospel to other people and give them an opportunity. And, the, and, then, and then through the trials that we go through, God then will in turn extend that comfort through us to others. And so you know what, folks? If you want to have compassion, you ought to pray for it. You understand when you go through those trials, God is using that trial to increase your compassion. By the way, don't get bitter at God. God. Amen? Don't get bitter at God. Don't allow those trials and tribulations to make you bitter. Allow them through God's help to make you better. You say, preacher, I don't know that I can go through that. Let me just say this. God will give you the grace to face what you need to face when you need to face it. Okay, listen, when it comes time to, if death comes for us before that trumpet sounds, and uh, you know what, uh, and we have to walk through that dark valley, you know what God will give you to traverse through that valley? He'll give you dying grace. Amen? Right now, you see, you may not need that because it's not maybe your time. God knows when that time is. So you know what you need for today? You need living grace. Amen? But one of these days, when it's time to traverse through there, God will give you the grace you need to go through. By the way, listen, folks. If you can trust God to save your, to save your soul and forgive you of your sin, if you can trust God for that, what makes you think God's going to leave you when you have to uh, walk, uh, walk through Death's Valley? You think God's going to leave you through that? You think God's just going to leave you there to, to have to figure that out on your own? Are you kidding me? A lot of times he's, his, his presence is even closer during that time. So don't be worried about that. Don't be scared about that. God will give you the grace you need to face it when you need to face it. And so uh, remember, those trials will increase your compassion. How about this? And this is what I said earlier. Going and seeing the need increases your compassion. Amen? And probably this is the greatest way to increase your compassion. If we don't take the time, remember, what's the word? What's word is found within compassion? Compass. If we don't take time to compass a situation, you'll never see the need. Amen? If we don't see the need, we'll never have our hearts stirred. By the way, Missions Emphasis Month, why do we bring missionaries in? Why do we have them come in and share their burden? Why do we pull the screen down and watch videos of, of, of the place on the mission field? Well, you know why? So we can see the need, that's why. Why do we have the letters on the wall? So you can read and hear about the need. Why do, why do our missionaries, a lot of them, put pictures on their letters? Why? So you can see the need. Amen? The Bible says, uh, in the, I believe it's in the book of Lamentations, that in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 51, Jeremiah the prophet said, Mine eye affecteth my heart. 
And that's why it's important that we see the need. And it says this of Jesus in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, But when He saw the multitudes, He was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as a sheep having no shepherd. Matthew chapter 14, verse 14, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude, and was moved with compassion toward them, and He healed their sick. I remember uh, when I was a teenager, uh, I've, uh, I went to, the, for the first time, I left the borders of the United States, and I went on a missions trip to Mexico. And uh, you know what that was? That was eye-opening, amen? Eye-opening. To go to a foreign mission field and to see how most of the population of the world lives, I'm going to tell you what it will do. It will do a lot of things for you. I promise you this, it will it'll make you see uh, your world different, amen? It will make you realize that when we complain, most of the time we're complaining about our first world problems. Right? We're, we, we complain because the air conditioner is not as cold as we want it. We complain because the internet's slow. We complain because, uh, you know, our, our cell phone didn't charge good at night or something stupid like that. And then you go see the real problems of most of the people in this world, it'll change your perspective. Amen? I remember going there and, and going down into the heart of Mexico and, and having all these um, evangelistic outreaches and seeing those people. And man, I'm going to tell you, it did something for me. Amen. It made me appreciate what I had. It made me understand that, man, there's a, it's a big world out there and there's a lot of people who need the gospel of Jesus Christ. But you know what, folks? We must see the need. When you see, when you go and see, it will in- increase your compassion. I've had some people say to me before, well, I just don't have a burden to try to reach people for Jesus Christ. Well, let me just say this. God doesn't tell you to get a burden and then go reach, reach people. You know what God says? Go, and then you'll get a burden to reach people. Amen? The first step is to go. And let me just encourage you. When we go out to the fair this week, and we're out there, and uh, we're uh, uh, trying to you know, be a blessing and a help to those folks and get the gospel to them, hey, let me just encourage you. Amen? Have compassion. All right, have compassion. Uh, be praying, all right? Be praying uh, uh, to yourself as you're there, uh, as you're out there. By the way, ask, and, I, and I've done this several times. I'll ask folks, I said, especially if I begin to engage in conversation a little bit and I can understand that they want to talk, I'll say, is there something I can pray with you about? Now, I'm going to tell you, that, what a powerful statement right there. Is there something we can pray with you about? And let me tell you something, folks. Ask God to increase your compassion for people. By the way, how about this? Selfishness creates holes in your gas tank, your compassion gas tank. Listen, if you're all about you, then I promise you this is true. Your compassion fuel gauge will remain stuck on E. Let me tell you what the arch nemesis of compassion is, selfishness. If our eyes are always toward us, if they're always inward, and we never see those around us, you know what? You'll never have compassion the way God wants for us to. In fact, it's a pretty sad uh, testimony of, of the condition of the last days. When I, and when you read 2 Timothy chapter 3, in fact, let's just turn over there real quick. I want you to see this. Because I'm going to tell you something, folks. The Bible, is it, it's, it, whether we think it is or not, it's spot on. But in our generation, seeing what the Bible has to say about stuff, how can you not know the Bible is not spot on? Notice what we see here, 2 Timothy chapter 3. And but I'm going to tell you, folks, here's how we know we're living in the last days, because everything the Bible said was going to come to pass is coming to pass. Notice what he says. This no, no also. By the way, no. Amen? That means you can look at it and understand exactly what's happening. This no also, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. By the way, that word perilous means dangerous. Dangerous times. You want to know why we have to have a security team? You want to know why we have uh, uh, trained, armed individuals in the church? Because we're living in dangerous times, that's why. I wish it wasn't that way, but it is. 
Amen. Dangerous times. Notice here what the description we begin to read about this last generation. For men, notice here what's at the very top of the list, shall be lovers of their own selves. Very first sin listed in the last of the last days, men shall be lovers of their own selves. Do we even need to explain that one? Amen. I mean, do we not, can we not understand that we're living in a, a very selfish lover of self generation? So much to so that we even have a term now described as a selfie, right? All about me, all about us, right? And notice what else it mentions here. Covetousness, or covet, uh, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, Unholy. By the way, uh, young people, isn't it interesting? Right in God's top ten, you find that phrase, disobedient to parents. Amen? You know why, folks, uh, part of the reason we're in the mess we're in with this generation is because uh, parents have left children to themselves to basically raise themselves, and now we see the product of a kid trying to raise himself, right? But disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. How about this? Without natural affection. That's interesting. I mean, folks, listen, there are certain character traits that God naturally put in a person. And you know what? We're seeing that. I mean, come on. How can you have the very fruit of your womb murdered within your own body and being championed for that, that, the opportunity to be able to do so if there's not, if, if there's not without natural affection? Truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Man, how about that one right there, amen? Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. And folks, listen, it's not that these sins haven't always been around. Sure, they've always been around. But you know what we're seeing in our day and age? We're seeing a culmination of all those sins and, and, and the fact that those sins right there can describe the culture, Amen. Then verse 5, what a sad testament. Having a form of godliness. A form of godliness. You know what that means? Hey, they may say the name Christian, but just because you see the word uh, Christian on it doesn't mean it's necessarily Christian. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. By the way, how do you know if it's something real or not? I'll tell you how you know it's real. God's power will be on it. That's how. Amen? If it's real. By the way, you can't fake the power of God. You can't have the power of God unless you follow the biblical formula to have it. And let me tell you what's part of that formula is righteousness and holiness. Amen? You can't have it any other way. And just because you say something's Christian, just because you claim the name of God to it, doesn't necessarily mean it's of God. But we see that. And we see that on the top of that list is the sin of selfishness. Is it no wonder, folks, we're living in a world of apathy? You know why? Because we're living in a selfish world, selfish generation. And because of that, that sucks the compassion right out of a heart. So let me just say, folks, as, as Christians particularly, we got to make sure that we keep that tank full, that compassion tank full. I'm going to tell you, it's, it's, it's easy not to, not to do it, amen? It's easy to get that thing emptied out. It's easy not to get a jaded view of people in life, but we must never do that as Christians. So uh, who does the Bible say needs our compassion? Who is it we should have compassion upon? Well, the Bible tells us those without Christ need our compassion, amen? The Apostle Paul carried a great burden for those of his own nation who were lost. In in, uh, Romans chapter 9, let's flip there real quick. Romans chapter 9. As you read these verses, man, you can read the the burden in in Paul's plea here. Notice what he says. Romans chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. 
my conscience also bearing witness in the Holy Ghost. What Paul was saying, listen, what I'm going to tell you is not some sensational statement I'm making here. It's not some dramatic effect I'm trying to make. I'm telling you the truth that's in my heart. I'm not, my conscience bearing witness with the Holy Ghost. Notice what he says, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. He's talking about the nation of Israel. His very own people. Because you know what Paul understood? He understood who crucified Christ. It wasn't the Romans, by the way. Oh, they were the instrument. But who's the ones that cried, crucify Him, crucify Him? The very people that Jesus went about doing good to? There may have been people in that crowd where He healed some of their loved ones. Maybe, I don't know, I would, I would hope not, maybe there was even someone that Jesus personally healed that got caught up in that crowd and cried, crucify, crucify. And we know the nation of Israel, they rejected God, they, they turned their back on God, they, they're the ones that, of course, through the Romans, but crucified Christ. And Paul understood, man, the nation of Israel. And by the way, Paul was part of the formula that switched God's attention from the nation of Israel to the Gentiles. Now, it doesn't mean Paul still didn't try to reach some of them, and some of them did get saved. But for the most part, Paul understood what was happening here. There was a shift going on. And the shift was from the Jews to the Gentiles. But Paul still had a great burden for his own countrymen. So much so, I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I could say what Paul said in verse 3. He said, I wish that myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. You know what Paul said? He said literally... I, if, if I could d- go to hell and be accursed, that's what kind of burden I have for my, for my own nation, for my own kinfolk. I'll be honest with you, I don't think I could pray that. The fact that, you know what, if, if I could go to hell and all, all of America would go to heaven, could I pray that? Well, could I, could, is that my burden? I don't know if, if I would have a burden like that, amen? But Paul did. And so all that to say, folks, listen to me, that those without Christ need our compassion. Let me just remind us, okay? And I know it's not Missions Emphasis Month, but it don't have to be for me to say these things and preach these things. All right? But God's plan to reach the world is through His church. That's the plan of God. Amen? And I know we talk about it a lot in the month of February, but we ought to talk about it a lot every month of the year. And just let me just say this, all right? If, if a person is going to be saved, all right, it's got to be the gospel message must go to them. And let me tell you what God uses to get the gospel message to them. He uses another Christian. Whether it's uh, handing out of a gospel tract, uh, whether it's through getting Bibles into the hands of people so they can read the Word of God. Uh, Brother Hall, of course, was here this morning and gave a, an update uh, about what's going on in Thailand and Southeast Asia and, uh, and also Nigeria. I don't know if he talked about that or not, but he's been going over to Nigeria as well. And uh, what's that all about? It's about getting the seed out. Amen. By the way, think about this. The seed don't do any good if it don't get out of the barn. It's got to be sowed. It's got to get out. Amen. And you know, it's all about trying to get that seed out there. But you know what God needs to get the seed out there? He needs a sower. He needs a sower. Why are we going out to the fair this week? We're going out to sow some seed, that's why. I'm not going to promise you, and I don't even know, maybe, I, I guess I don't know what all God's done that I've not known about, but I don't know particularly that we've got families per se in the church as a result of everything going on at the fair that we've done for the last seven years. But I'll say this, a lot of seed's been planted. By the way, you never know what God's going to do. Amen? You never know what a gospel tract can do with the, when, 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 with the look of compassion from a Christian is given to some. You don't know what people are going through. 
You don't know what people have faced the last couple weeks. And maybe they're looking for, 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 for something that will help them through the difficult time they're going through. And God allows them to cross our path with a witness, with the gospel track, uh, being able to talk to someone about the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, folks, those without Christ need our compassion. The church is God's avenue to reach people for Him. By the way, if we don't do our job, nobody else is going to do it. Listen, God is not going to send the angels down from heaven, at least in our dispensation, to preach the gospel. Now, in the book of Revelation, He does some of that, but that, that's for another time. Amen? In our time, in our day and age, if, if, if people are going to be reached, it must be done through the church of Jesus Christ. That's why the church is important to God, and that's why we ought to make it important to us. Those without Christ need our compassion. Not only that, those within our own church family need our compassion. Uh, Ephesians chapter, I'm sorry, Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them that are of the household of faith. We preached some about, about some of that this morning. And folks, listen, yes, we ought to have compassion upon the lost, but come on, shouldn't it go without saying that if we're going to have compassion upon the lost, it ought to first start within the church, amen? That compassion ought to start here and overflow outside of the church house. Those within our own church family. Listen, folks, always be tender to the need of those in our local assembly. Again, I love that phrase, church family. You know why we say that? Because as a family, we're to care for one another. The Bible says if one rejoices, we all ought to rejoice. If one's hurting, we all ought to hurt. We read that this morning in the book of Romans. But there in uh, Corinthians, it talks about that, that as well. Like the body, uh, how the church is like a body that's all fit together. Amen? And listen, we must have compassion. Always keep your eyes open for, for, for the need. Someone you can help. Someone you can be a blessing to within your, within your, within our own church family. Amen? And then last of all, those we meet along life's pathway need our compassion. And let me just say this, folks. Never pass up a chance to be a blessing. Never pass that opportunity up. That's why I think it's important that when we go places, we keep gospel tracts with us. So that uh, uh, we can uh, uh, be available to to give those out to people and just again look someone in the eye and, and listen, folks. If you got God in you, you don't have to tell people you got God in you. They're gonna know, Amen. They're they're just gonna know because listen, you can't have a holy God living in you and not come out. It's impossible. And just look for those blessings. And by the way, whether or not it ever puts a person in the church or whether or not it ever puts a dollar in the offering plate, that should never be the motivation for being a blessing and having compassion, ever. Amen? Whether a person ever attends this church or not, that's no reason for me not to have compassion upon them. And you know, sometimes, again, like I said this morning, sometimes maybe you might get taken advantage of. Okay, but you know what? Who cares? You don't think Jesus got taken advantage of a little bit when He was here? You don't think the apostles ever got taken advantage of when they were doing their work? Big stinking deal you get taken advantage of. Who cares? Are we making a difference? Are we trying to help people? Amen? And again, folks, I understand we got to live a balanced life with that. we got to, you know, make sure that we're, we're uh, following the leading of the Spirit. But listen, if you're going to err, err on the side of compassion. Amen? Because I'm going to tell you, folks, it's a hurting world out there. It's ugly out there. Amen? And uh, there, there's a lot of things going on. A lot of people dealing with things. There's tragedy that happens every day. Whether you know about it or not, there's tragedy that happens in people's lives every single day. Hey, somebody this week got news about the C word. Somebody did. I guarantee someone in this community did. And listen, I get it, okay? We help those that God brings across our path. But listen, keep your eyes open. Okay, maybe next time you go to Walmart, instead of just being so focused on getting in and getting out, Last Sunday night, I had to run to Walmart, and I on purpose grabbed a couple gospel tracts as I got out of my truck. And uh, you know what? I said to the Lord, Lord, just 
let me have an opportunity. And you know what? I, I determined I was not going to get out of Walmart without giving those gospel tracts out. And you know what I did? I was able to give, give some gospel tracts out. And look, listen, folks, it, it could be anywhere. It could be uh, anywhere you go. Look for those opportunities everywhere. Listen, you say, well, well wh- where should I minister at? You ready for this? I'm going to give you a very clear answer. Wherever there's people. Wherever there's people. Wherever you interact with people, that's a good place to minister. By the way, the gas station you go to, that attendant ought to get gospel tracts a lot. Okay, I remember when I was a kid, we... Um, uh, uh, right down the corner from the church, there was a, a corner filling station. And uh, it was a filling station. It was also a place, you know, you'd run in and grab a drink or something. And it got frequented a lot from the people uh, of our church because it was literally right down the street from the church. I remember one time uh, I was in there and I was a teenager and gave a gospel tract to the lady. And she's like, I'll take that, but look back here. And they had a stack of gospel tracts from the church. Amen? You know what? They, they, they got a lot of tracts in there. But you know what? That's okay. All right, I'd rather uh, 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 or someone say to me, well, I've already got one of those than never have given an opportunity to give one to. Amen? Listen, folks, we've got to get out of this mindset of the fact, well, I don't want to offend people. Let me ask you a question, all right? Where are you going to offend them to? Hell number two? Okay? Listen, we've got to get beyond this fact that, oh, I don't want to offend people. By the way, let me just say this. Most people will take a gospel track. You're going to find the occasional jerk that won't, but big deal, who cares? Okay? And by the way, you might find someone that will take it, and maybe once you turn your back, they throw it on the ground. By the way, the Bible says God's Word don't return void. Remember the story when Brother McCurry came here and told about that gospel track? They got thrown on the ground, and somebody picked it up, and they read it, and they got saved, and their whole family got saved from a gospel track someone else threw on the ground? Okay? Listen, folks, just keep at it, amen? Keep having compassion. But who cares? They're, by the way, they're not rejecting us anyway. They're really rejecting Christ. Okay, so let's get beyond this thing of, oh, I'm afraid I'll offend. By the way, the world's not offend, uh, afraid to offend Christians. Okay, man, their behavior sure offends me. At least it better offends you as a Christian. The fact that you got all these perverts trying to uh, uh, dress up and or, or, or dress in these, these drag shows and reading to kids and all that kind of garbage. Hey, that offends me, amen? That offends me when the world does what it does. Why am I afraid to offend them? By the way, how about this? You say, well, what if somebody curses me? Well, guess what? You know what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5? Blessed are ye when you're cursed and reviled for my name. So guess what? I almost, I almost make it as a, uh, like a little game. I hope I get cursed today. I hope someone says bad stuff. Because guess what? God's going to give me a blessing if I do. I don't on purpose go out there and try to be a jerk to people, all right? That's not what I'm saying, all right? Don't do something on purpose to get someone to cuss you out. But all I have to say... If I'm doing something right for the Lord and somebody reviles it for me, blessed are ye. Amen? Listen, folks, we must have compassion. I just want to remind this of you and, or, or, or give this just as a kind of a reset button to think about some things because you know what? We need some compassion this week. Amen? And we need to have our heart filled with it so then we in turn can go out and give it to others. And listen, folks, uh, I promise, we're not wasting our time out at the fair this week. We're not wasting our time. Again, I'm not going to say we're going to see immediate results from it. But listen, folks, it's not my job. Remember the, the parable of the sower when Jesus um, uh, gave that parable? You know, you know how that, that parable starts out? That a sower went out to sow. By the way, he didn't go out to inspect the soil. It's not what he did. He didn't go out to check the weather. No, you know what the sower did? He sowed the seed. He scattered it. And by the way, yeah, some of it fell in places where it didn't take root, but it wasn't the sower's job to worry about that. You know what the sower's job was? Sow the seed. 
You know what we're going to be doing this week? Sowing some seed. So let's have compassion behind that. Amen. And as just as it says in the book of Jude, if we'll have compassion, we'll make a difference. Let's